Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Okay, good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. It's good to see all your faces here and also those online as well, so thank you very much for that. I want to make a special welcome to a couple of groups of people that are here today. So we have students from Thrive uh, School right here out from Bethany, and so it's good to see you guys almost near the front, so that's really good. I'll be, uh, hope you're taking some notes. I'll quiz you later on in the sermon. So good, good for you. That's good. And, and then we have a Teen Challenge uh, in the back there. So uh, you guys are here. We love you. And, uh, and actually, when I heard you were coming this, this Sunday, it, it made me so excited. Bless my heart already. So, so thank you so much for being here. That's great. Now, this morning... I'm going to, uh, this morning's sermon is going to feel hopefully more like a conversation uh, than a sermon. And that's why I'm, I don't usually sit on a chair up here, but today I'm, I'm going to do that. And we've just completed a series, for those that are new to us, called The Invisible War. And, and this was a series that looked at the, um, those spiritual battles that are in our life that are often fought in an unseen but very real realm around us. And then in about two weeks' time on March the 1st, we're going to begin a new sermon series on Second Peter that we're calling Unshakable Faith. So that gives me uh, two weeks right now to be able to do something uh, different, something special. And what I've decided to do over these next two weeks is to, to stay with the Family Day uh, weekend theme and, and talk about uh, family, and in particular talk about spiritual family and its importance to our, li- our lives today. So that's what I want to do this morning. So before I get going here, uh, I realize that we, we come from different backgrounds and different places. And so just to define our terms, I want to give you a, like a quick rundown of what I mean when I'm saying spiritual family today. So I, I want to take you back all the way to, to, the, first, uh, to the creation story, to some of the first pages in, in Scripture. And actually to, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And in, in that passage... There's a phrase, and God says, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Now, this is one of the few times we see God using a plural form for his name that we can see visibly. And being, so, that, so that being made in the image of God means that, that you and I exist in community with others just, just like God exists in community with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is why, by the way, every human being has this deep desire to be connected to other people. It's why we have this, this longing to have these deep and, and lasting and meaningful relationships with others and find meaning and purpose in, in those things and find joy in the relationships of our life. It's because God's actually hardwired this into us as people. Now, knowing this then, God uh, saw Adam alone in the garden, and he said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he adds that I will make for him a helper suitable for him. And so right from the very beginning, God recognized 
our need for relationship, our need for family and community. And that, that first human family actually became the template for all future families, including the, the spiritual family, God's family. But, but, God's, uh, but just like families today, um, though there were things in, in that original family or first family that, that pulled them apart and, and threatened them. But uh, God's plan for, for all of humanity was eventually, uh, and it's never changed, was to, to bring people together, the whole human race under a spiritual family under Jesus Christ. Now, this new spiritual family really began to take shape in the communities that we see in the New Testament after Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again and ascended. And if, if you know the story in the book of Acts as the church is being birthed, it says in a great passage that they devoted themselves to some things. They, they devoted themselves to learning from the spiritual leaders over them. They had daily uh, fellowship. The word there is, 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 is kononia, which means that there was this, there was this um, depth of fellowship at, that cut across ages, it cut across ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures. In that, in that uh, group, they actually would eat meals together on a daily basis, and they would praise God and pray together on a daily basis, and they would make these huge sacrifices for the sake of the community so people were loved and, and cared for. And so when I use the term uh, spiritual family today, I don't want you to think, you know, whatever term you might have for spiritual family, I'm, I'm not talking about the church as a building. I'm not even talking about the church gathered here on a Sunday morning or even a, a small group that meets uh, weekly to study the Bible. What I'm talking about here is a group of people who, who uh, uh, completely and fully devoted themselves to life, living life together with other people. Now, a, a good modern-day illustration for that <clears throat> would be our, our group from Thrive, and because they live in the dormitories, and so they're, they're actually living life together, and they're seeing you know, all the warts and ugliness of what that looks like and all the beauty of what that looks like, and it's also like Teen Challenge, where you guys, you're, you're there together, you're, you're living life, there's friction, there's all those different things, but you're doing it together in a way that's unique to what we would do here. Okay, and so that's what I mean when I when I talk about spiritual family. Now you need to know that uh, back in Jesus' day, uh, it would have been inconceivable for someone to think that they could live their their faith out alone, solo, which is totally different from how we view things here. Because lots of times we think we don't need other people. We have the internet. We got great knowledge. We have all, you know, all the teaching we need, and we can just live out our faith on our own. But that's not the case back then. God knew that we were wired and needed people uh, inside that community. Now, in, in fact, uh, uh, I would go as far as to say that, that the spiritual family that I'm going to be talking about this morning, in God's eyes, is even more important than the physical, physical families that, that, that we have around us. Now, having said that, you need to know that one of the greatest joys of my life is, is my physical family. You know, the other day when they, were, when they were over, I had these warm fuzzies. I just looked over the, the group, and I thought, like, I just, I love being part of a family. I love that my, I have three sons and two daughter-in-laws, two grandchildren, and just announced yesterday one more on the way from my middle son, Mitch and Ashley. So I'm really excited about that, right? And so I love the fact that our family loves each other. We want to spend time together. It, it fills my heart with great joy. But God says that even spiritual family is, is more lasting and enduring than our physical families. Because we know that physical families 
uh, you know, people grow up when they leave home, or families sometimes, unfortunately, split up, or they move away, or people die. And so, so uh, if you don't, if all you rely on is your physical family, when that family leaves for whatever reason, then what are you left with? And that's why there's the importance of having a spiritual family. Now, inside the spiritual family, there's always challenges to it, right? We're always learning how to live with each other, but especially this last two years, there's been some huge challenges to, to spiritual family with COVID and, and the pandemic. And, you know, some people, quite honestly, have not been together with other people or, or been back in a church building like this or maybe with their small group for the last 23 months. And so in that time, it makes it, it, makes it really easy to, to kind of break away from the habit of meeting together. And, and so the end result is the same, though. Uh, people have lost touch with their spiritual family or their spiritual family has lost touch with them. And, and the truth, though, is, is that, is that uh, the pandemic hasn't caused all this to happen. It's just accelerated it. That that there's been a drift away from, from spiritual community or spiritual family for a number of years. I threw a quick graphic on the, on the, on the board for you there. But uh, this is just from the, just before the pandemic hit. This is 15,000 churches in the States were, were surveyed. And what they discovered that from, 20, uh, from 2000 to 2020, so 20 years, the, the median uh, attendance at churches dropped from 137 down to 65, so less, less, than, half per, less than 50%. And we know that during the pandemic, that's even shrunk even more. And there's lots of reasons for this. Uh, things like culture has shifted. So we've gone from what I would call a Christian culture at one point in Canada to a post-Christian or secular culture. And now we're in a new era where it's anti-Christian, where it's even negative to be a Christian and people look down on us. Uh, there, some people have had negative encounters with the church or church people, maybe even you. And, and so when you have a negative counter, rather than dealing with it, it, it drives a wedge in and pulls people away from the church. Sometimes we, we're focused on our own individualism, and then in that we, we try to, to do our own thing, and so we isolate ourselves as we run after all our events, and God takes a second place. And so those are some of the things that are challenges for us. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to us, because we know from our last series is that the devil actually wants to um, thwart the purposes of God. And so if God's purposes are for us to be in physical families together as a basic unit and spiritual families together as, as the people of God, then Satan's going to do everything he can to thwart those purposes. He's going to be against that. So none of those things, though, that I just mentioned uh, actually pull away from the truth. And the, the truth, according to God, is that spiritual family is God's design for us. And he wants us to, to be part of that. Now, I want to just, I want to wear my, kind of my pastor heart on my sleeve here and just say that um, having said all those things, um, and through COVID, um, we're coming out of this, and, and there's some concerns I have in my heart. And when I see people that haven't come back yet for whatever reason, I'm not sure, and that they're not around, or I don't know if they're in community anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm greatly concerned about that. I'm not concerned so much as if they're going to another church. I mean, I don't like that, but that's, that's good. At least they're somewhere. I'm more concerned about people that during this last 23 months have kind of pulled away from faith altogether. That's a deep concern for me. And I'm not concerned about people who have a mature faith already, and they've just decided that uh, maybe that 
online is better when they get to it, or they like to, you know, to do other things on Sunday morning. I'm not concerned about their faith. What I am concerned about, though, is, is their children and the things that they're teaching them. And I'm concerned about uh, the other people that they influence in life because we're always communicating messages to people around what, how, how important the spiritual family is. And so uh, we're going to try and do our best over the next little while to, to try and, and figure out, okay, so where is everyone at? What, what does Ebenezer look like now two years into the pandemic? And who's with us? And who do we need to encourage to come back? And how do we come alongside people and, and, and that? So we're going we're gonna to be spending some time looking at family just overall as a church. Now, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this um, just in my role here and over time. And, and I've been asking myself some questions. And one of the questions I've asked there's two basic questions, really. One is, one is around, why is spiritual family so important? Like, why is it that, that God longs for us to be in spiritual family? What, what are the values of it? What are the benefits of it for us? And the other one is, okay, so what are the characteristics of spiritual family? Like, so what is the spiritual family really supposed to look like today for us to be able to really grasp it and, and move forward on it? And so those are the questions that I want to answer today. And in terms of the question, why is, is spiritual family so important? As I was kind of pondering this over the last couple of weeks, I think I got up to 25 essential reasons why spiritual family is, is, is important to us. And now, obviously, I don't have time to, to do all of those today. I'll, I'll only get to 24 of those uh, this morning. Uh, thank you for laughing. I'm serious about that. Uh, but I do want to give you about five or six that I think are the most critical reasons that, that hopefully by the end of the morning you're going, okay, that's why I want to be part of, of a spiritual family. Or that's why my friends who don't even know or like or believe in God or like church at all, that they would be drawn to this kind of spiritual family. So here's the first reason I think uh, that, that uh, there's a value in spiritual family. It's because healthy spiritual families give us an identity uh, as, as community and a place where we can belong. Now, belonging is actually like a, a primary human need for us. It, it stands up there with like food and shelter. We, we long to belong. And God understands this, uh, this need uh, because he's the one that's placed that need in us. And he's provided us ways in which we can realize it. So even in, in a book like Psalm, chapter 68, there's a verse, it's really profound, it says that God sets the lonely in families. And it's telling us that, that uh, in God's design in creation, he put in place uh, families so that people like you and I could be part of that and we could have a place where we could belong because that's a, a longing in our heart. Now we know that, that families are are not always perfect, and we live in a broken world. And so some people, instead of belonging, they actually feel pain and hurt. And instead of being in a relationship where they feel loved and cared for, they, they, they feel even lonely inside their family. In fact, some people uh, have either lost this sense of belonging or they've never, ever had a sense of belonging, and so they search for it every other way. Now, even today, with all our technology and all the social apps that are available to us, uh, research tells us that this generation today is lonelier than any other generation in history with all the things that we have. It's because those things 
And those quick fixes and the swipe that we tend to do, um, it actually pulls us away from feeling like we're belonging, and, and we miss out on the core of, of who we are. And, and God's family comes over top of that and says, when you're part of God's family, we, we choose to love you, we choose to accept you. And so a spiritual family can actually be a lifeline to a broken, disconnected, isolated world. You know, to the people that in your life right now that don't know they need God's family, they would be drawn to something where they can feel that they, they, they belong. Now, a second reason why I think spiritual family is a non-negotiable is because spiritual family helps meet our need for love. Now, I'll explain this. Um, like, as I said, belong, true belonging means to be fully known and fully loved. Okay? To, to truly belong, it means that we're fully known and fully loved. And, God, and Jesus came and said, I give you a new commandment. I want you to love one another. Now, there's no denying that all of us have this, this, uh, this need for love. And, and some of us are fortunate that we have maybe a spouse that can help meet some of those needs, or we have family members that can meet the, that need for this, 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 uh, this relational love that we need with other people. But not all of us have those things in place. And so that's why spiritual family is so important. In a healthy spiritual family, uh, God, in a healthy spiritual family, God gives us each other, the gift of each other to to meet some of those, those needs. And so we have this companionship that we can be met in the spiritual family. We have brotherly love. We have serving love. We have an encouraging love. We have a physically present love inside that. Now, it's interesting that during the pandemic, the, the one group of people that probably got hit the hardest was, was not people with families. It was people that were single or living life solo. Those are the ones that had the toughest time with the pandemic throughout the whole time. In fact, even up to, to two weeks ago, I had someone come and talk to me and just say how important it was to be part of a spiritual family here because they, they needed that, that place where they can be with people because, you know, work changed for them. And so not only were they, you know, alone in the evenings, now they were alone all day long. And at times when we couldn't, really, you know, get out with people, it was even worse. And so... And that gives us a responsibility, right? As a spiritual family, we need to think with eyes outside of ourselves that just because I'm, my needs are being met within a physical family doesn't mean that I don't have a responsibility to the greater family around me. Now, here's a third reason why I think a spiritual family is absolutely critical for us. And it's, it's because it provides support during storms of life. Now, have you ever found yourself at a spot in life where you were carrying a load that you knew was too heavy or too painful for you to bear alone. Now, I'm sure most of us have, because, because that is life. And if you haven't, well, you're in for a treat, because it's coming your way, right? Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it, it talks about what it means to, to be in, in community with other people. And it says this, Two are better than one. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. You see, uh, when, when you do life alone, you have no one around that can, can help you up. And then the burdens of life just weigh you down more and more. But when you're part of a healthy spiritual family, um, then these people come alongside you and, and they, they share in the, in the burden. 
And I know that some of you know that. Even in this morning service, I, I knew one story, and as I'm sharing about this, I, I could see this person tearing up because they're experiencing the community when they have a time in their life where they're just overwhelmed with things that are happening around them. You see, a true spiritual family comes alongside us and weeps with us. A true spiritual family comes alongside us and prays for us. They, they get on their knees and they fight for us. A true spiritual family comes alongside and listens to us process the hurt and pain of our lives, even if they don't fully understand it. And, and it says in the Scripture in Galatians chapter 6 that God adopts us to a spiritual family, and He actually tells us to carry each other's burdens. And when we do that, we fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, we're obedient to Christ. We're doing what God wants us to do in the lives of other people. And so that's the third reason, is that we get support during life storms. Here's the fifth reason, and this is a good one. One that we don't always like, but it's a great one. And it's this. A healthy spiritual family provides loving accountability. And loving accountability is vital to our spiritual growth. You know, we all need a few people in life who will gently and lovingly, but honestly, hold us accountable in life and faith. A loving, committed spiritual family can provide accountability that we need, even though we don't always want it. Now, for this to work, though, we need to understand that, that um, I need to know that I need to be convinced the people that are bringing this accountability actually love me. And I need to be convinced that these people actually have my best interest in mind. In other words, they want to see me grow and, and, and grow up in, in my faith. Uh, now, that type of thing develops over time. There's a verse in the Bible that's a great verse. I thought of it often, and it's in Proverbs 27, 6. And the words actually say, faithful are the wounds, not the words, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, we don't always enjoy being held to account. Uh, sometimes, even a friend's words can hurt so deeply in us because they, because they sting, even if they are true. But I want to say that, that the words and wounds of a friend are a gift. That when you have someone that loves you enough that they're going to speak truthfully into your life because they care for you and they don't want to see you continue down that path of destruction, that is a gift. On the opposite, when we refuse to speak words of truth and hold people accountable, when we let them off to their own vices, that always leads to a swath of destruction and pain in people's lives. And so we, we need spiritual family because of the accountability it brings to us. Uh, here's, here's a fifth reason. And it's because a healthy spiritual family will keep us from falling away from faith and into sin. There is no one in this room today who is beyond temptation's reach. And our sinful nature makes us all vulnerable to sin's snares. And God knows our nature, and He knows uh, that given the, the I was going to say right circumstances, but maybe they're the wrong circumstances, we all have the potential to fall into sin. And Hebrews chapter 13, or 3.13 says this, to encourage one another daily so that you may be hardened, not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And so when we have spiritual family around us, sometimes what they do is they'll bring a voice of encouragement to us so that we can keep on going. 
You've probably heard or said yourself, uh, mind your own business. <laughs> That's not actually a, a phrase that should be used in the, in the family of God. That's not a phrase that should be used in true spiritual family. Because uh, when we become aware of someone who is making bad choices, or we become aware of someone who's wavering in their faith, we, we uh, lovingly seek them out. We graciously and gently call them out, and we prayerfully guide them back into fellowship. That's what James says, actually, in, in his book. He says, uh, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them and get them back. And so even right now, I'm just going to pause there for a second, and, and maybe you know someone in your life that God's bringing to mind right now that, that you've maybe written them off or that they've fallen away and you've forgotten about them. Maybe God will bring them back on your mind. And maybe even today before the day is done, you'll give them a call or an email or text. Just say, hey, I'm just thinking about you, praying for you, wondering how it's going, can you get together for coffee. Because that's what it means to be part of the, the family of God, to be part of the spiritual family. And we know that uh, the devil um, prowls about like a roaring lion, looking for people to devour. And he's not looking for the strong, he's looking for the weak. And he's not looking for the people in the crowd because they'll fight him off. He's looking for the pre people that are isolated. And so if that's you, this is the time for you to come back into faith with God. Um, I, I'm going to... So I had like 25 things, I said, and I, and I, was gonna, I had seven I was going to do this morning, and likewise, I, I think I got on a bit late. I don't think I've spoken that long yet. They're blaming being late on me, but I think it was all that came before me, but we'll see. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm going to probably jump ahead just a bit here, and, and uh, I'm going to look at some other things. So that's a few reasons of the many why I, I think that we need to be part of a spiritual family where we do life together, and reasons why I think spiritual families are actually very attractive, where people would want to be part of a spiritual family where that kind of life is happening. I want to close today by now shifting gears and, and asking the second question. The second question is, okay, so uh, if, value, if, if, if spiritual family is so valuable, then, then what are the characteristics that can help make it work? Like, what do we have to do or be so that this can come about in our lives? And so I, I put some words up there, and I, I just want you to look at those for a second. It, knowing you, or maybe knowing the context that we live in here, or the context of our church, if you were to pick out one or two uh, characteristics for church, you think, of all the characteristics, these are the two that we need to focus in on. Which two would you pick? I'm not trying to have a dramatic pause here, just so you know. <clears throat> so I was in COVID jail this past week, meaning I got COVID last uh, Friday. <clears throat> so I'm doing fine. I'm good. I can even hug you if you want me to. But uh, it's just I have a little bit of a lingering cough, and I was doing really good until just right at that point. <clears throat> so hopefully I'm going to be okay. Okay, I got my fisherman's friend in my mouth, and away we go. <clears throat> so... Here's, here's, I picked out four characteristics that I think are, are really important for us today. And the first characteristic, I think, of, of, um, of a healthy spiritual family is, is challenge. 
It says in, in Scripture in, in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. And you know, if you've ever worked with metal before, you know when those things come together, there's, there's sparks that fly, right? And so there's, there's pressure, there's heat, there's friction, and, and yet this is what God says that we're supposed to do. And I think, I think that um, in our world today, we need to be people that are challenging one another. And sometimes that challenge is over how we think, maybe the theology that we have or the views that we hold. Sometimes that challenge comes over how we act or our attitudes. And it's okay for us to challenge one another in those things. It's how we learn from each other. We, we all need to learn from each other. The, the, the most mature person here and the newest Christian here can each learn from each other because of how this has worked. We, we challenge each other as we lean in. And, and we need to do that. Uh, this, a second characteristic that I saw is, is uh, what I call uh, unity. And unity is not uniformity. It's, it's not differences, okay? So, so for example, um, we have lots of differences here on staff. I cheer for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Pastor Cal cheers for the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, when we're, when we're cheering for those teams, we're not fighting each other in staff meeting. We don't come to blows in staff meeting because I cheer for the Oilers and he cheers for, for the Senators. Uh, those, things, those things don't matter, right? Because we know there's going to be differences in life. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes we, we take those differences and we allow them to become issues of, of disagreement and the disagreement turns to division. And that's what's happening in the world around us. Like, Canada, I think it's safe to say, no matter what side you're on, is a divided country right now. There are families, like physical families, that are, are not just disagreeing or they have differences, they're divided. And there are churches, uh, you know, across Canada that have, that have divided over, over things. And so somehow we have to figure out how do we take differences and not make them, turn them into, into division? How do we do that? Well, we do that uh, not by isolating, not by continuing to be our own people, but actually by coming together. We do that by opening dialogue and learning how to listen to each other and then challenge, challenging each other on those things. And, you know, uh, here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You see, it, it's the, the Spirit of God that is, is he, His purpose is to bring us together. And so, so when the church or people or families are, are divided apart, they're not listening to the Spirit of God. Someone's not, because the Spirit brings us together and helps us to walk in harmony and agreement. Now, there should be some, some really vibrant, hard discussions as we go through life, because there are differences, and there are good points of views on either side, but we don't want to become this people that are divided. And we want God to protect us from that divide, because that's going to hurt the church. Here's a fourth thing I think we need, and it's connected to these things. It's, it's forgiveness. You know, a, a healthy spiritual family forgives. 
It says in Luke, if, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you and say, I repent, you must forgive them. You see, uh, the way of God is always the pathway of forgiveness. And the way of the world is always to hold on to grudges and to get even. Now, my brother was here this weekend. He's from Calgary. And when we were about, I was probably about maybe, I think, 12 or 13 years old, old enough to know better. Uh, and he's about three years older than me. Uh, we had this idea one time, and we said, okay, listen, let's see how hard we can slap each other in the back. And so, and so I was the gullible one. I said, well, I'll, I'll take it first, you know, whatever. And so I went down on all fours, like bare back, and he, he slapped me as hard as he can. Now, he wasn't trying to, he didn't know how much it was going to hurt, but like, I just about coughed up a kidney, to be honest. Like, like it, was, it was awful. Now, I still think the fingerprints are in the back of my, on my back there. And so, like, I just howled back, arch, you know, crying like a little baby. And then once I finally settled down, to his credit, he said to me, okay, it's, what's fair is fair, it's my turn. And I said, I'm not going to do that to you. It, it hurt way, way too much. But to this day, 40, 40 years later, any anytime, time something comes between us, I go, I go I'm going to cash in that back slap, right? <laughs> and I'm a lot stronger now than I was when I was 12 years old. Now, here, here's the thing. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, is, is forfeiting the right to hold on to an offense. Okay? Forfeiting the right to hold on to offense. Now, what's the world doing around us right now? They are demanding their rights in everything. And, and whereas Scripture says, like at some point we have to, we have to forfeit those things. And what we know is that, is that if in any setting, family, church, work, any setting, I choose not to forgive someone, there's, there's a, a, a chasm that comes between us that's almost going to be impossible to overcome. It, it, it breaks up people. And so if you're a family that doesn't have forgiveness, I can predict your future. And if you're a church where we don't exercise forgiveness, which is a humbling thing, it's to come to people and say, would you, know, would you forgive me to get down on your knees and ask for their forgiveness? But there's no other way towards healing and wholeness. And any fractures that have happened inside the church, and, and certainly COVID has exposed you know, all, the, all the, the fractures around us. There are wide open gaps right now. The only way back towards that is, is through repentance and forgiveness. That's God's way. And that's a characteristic of a spiritual family. Last one is, is uh, and I just added this one. It, it's, I call it just commitment. Now, let me tell you a side story here. When we do pre-marriage counseling, we take them through a, a counseling uh, survey. And one of the things that asked in this survey is, do you think your partner is willing to do whatever they ever necessary to make the marriage succeed? And then they asked, are you willing to do that same thing? And if I look at that part of this, the questionnaire, and they both, both parties say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, to make this marriage succeed, I can almost guarantee that they're going to make it. Because commitment is such a huge thing in our lives. Whereas the other part of commitment is when we are slack and we don't make commitments to things, and we, instead of, uh, instead of leaning in when the going gets tough, we just, we just lean out and we go our own way. 
You know, when, when something's happening around us we don't like, we just pull out and try something else. That's not a way to move forward in, in life, and it's certainly not a way to move forward in the, in, in the spiritual life that we have, to be a spiritual family. You see, God calls us to, to lean in and be committed to Him and to be committed to the family around us. And if we do that together, we'll find a way through this where we can continue to grow in our faith. And I think it's actually time for us to, you know, to be calling each other out and say, we need to lean back into God. We need to repent from where we were, and we need to lean back into Him and make Him our first love again. We need to lean back into the family of God instead of being critical and pulling out. We need to open our doors and open our arms, COVID or no COVID, and hug each other and love each other because that's what commitment is. And when we find that place where there's deep commitment in life and in faith, that is an attractive community. You tell me one person who wouldn't want to be in a place where people are committed to each other and leaning into each other. That is the beauty of it. And so what we've seen this morning is we have this, this spiritual family that's even more important than their physical families. And this spiritual family, according to God, has so many benefits that it'll blow your mind away. But it has some characteristics too. And if we become the people that God wants us to be, we can live in community like God wants us to live, and the church will be built up. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk some more about this next week, and we're going to look at the extended family. And I have uh, some of our partner pastors coming to share next week about some of the things that are happening in their life. So I th is we, do we have the worship team here? Come on up, guys. We'll, we'll do a song. I'll just close in prayer here. So uh, just as I'm, I'm praying, why don't we stand, please, as the worship team comes up, and, and I'll pray. So, Father, thank you again for this, this time, this day. Um, thank you for... Not just this church, but the church. And thank you for a spiritual family. And not just family where we gather together quickly and leave, but family where we actually lean in and do life together. And God, we need your help to understand this. We need your help to be able to be committed to these things. And by your grace, would you help us to repent of the things that we've done wrong, uh, forgive those things where we've, where we've felt an offense, and would you, by your grace, just draw us. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.